We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports, of course. Uh, use the promo code ROTOHOOPS when you deposit for a free contest entry today. Speaking of the day, it's Wednesday. I'm DJ Trainer. I'm here always as on Wednesdays, joined by Josh Hayes. You can find Josh on Twitter at Josh Hayes FS. You can find myself at Trainer DJ. Josh, I have to admit to you, I've got the replay on NBA TV of the Thunder Clippers game on right now. So if I just stop talking at various points, uh, just know that we have come to the mark where Katie hits his 18-foot jumper and then stuffs Chris Paul on the other end of the court. Very nice. Um, yeah, that was an epic game. But it's a great finish, too, by the way. Um, you know, But does it all happen if Russell Westbrook doesn't fumble that pass or sort of inadvertently get his pocket picked by Chris Paul? there yeah. at the end do we have the drama you're right nick nick brought that up too and um you're right um you know whatever i don't care it was still still uh you know epic performance overall you know it's like you love seeing great finishes like that and i love kd like getting back to doing kd things you know i think like he's fully fully back now so yeah i kind of argued on yesterday's pod of course with nick whalen that i i said People say, say, oh, well, now Katie's back. He hit a, you know, a pseudo game winner. And, you know, he's been back the whole season. He's been very solid. But if you want to just go ahead and declare based on uh, that performance and saying, boom, he's officially back, then it seems like that's what everyone's doing. I'm fine with that. Um, but he's, he's been doing good things all season long. Uh, real quick, some formalities here. Josh. Of course, this podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher. Feel free to leave a nice review on either one of those venues. You can also check us out on rotowire.com. You can just download the MP3 form of the podcast. Not only do we have NBA, but we have tons of podcasts out there. We've got NFL. We've got Daily. We've got Soccer Podcast, which I've been fortunate to to host a few times. Love my MLS action. Andrew Laird does a great job with that. Um, so check out all the different podcasts. You can also get a free 10-day trial to the website by going to 
rotowire.com forward slash pod, P-O-D. To the basketball, though, Josh, we had four games last night in the association. We'll kick it off with the Memphis Grizzlies taking on the Philadelphia Sixers. And I don't know, four, five seconds? How long should we spend on this game? How much time should we spend on this game? Well, I don't know. I think we need to sort of deeply analyze the Brett Brown rotation and sort of try to figure oh. out. Are you? We- I can't tell if you're joking or serious right now. <laughs> it's totally joking. I know. Well, I know. Well, Nerlens Noel came off the bench, so obviously that's some cause for concern, considering he's quote unquote one of those uh, cornerstones of the future for this franchise. Just it just rubber stamps the ineptitude of of Brett Brown. That, that somehow does he think that he can come up with some better version of the team running with their best defensive player and you know like the only legitimate post threat along with Okafor. Out there off the bench, I, like I mean, if if you were going to tell me you were going to throw like Carl Landry, who I don't think is healthy by the way, as, as like okay, well, he's a better offensive option and he can rebound, then fine, you're trying to throw some offensive in there. But like Jeremy Grant isn't like some offensive story. He took four shots, you know, and I like Jeremy Grant. You know, I I, I pumped you Jeremy love Grant. Him. And, yeah, I did. I, I mean, I don't want to talk about my Jeremy Grant neck tattoo, you know, because it's <laughs> not something that we talk about in this podcast. It's audio. It doesn't make sense. For the show is what I'm trying to say. Well, so here's the thing, though, Josh. Like, I, I agree with you that, you know, there's some questionable things that Brett Brown has done. But what coach could it, can take this team and do much better? Like, are we at a point where we're honestly going to criticize what he's doing on the court with the yes. pieces that he's given? We, so we are at that point. Yes, because he's okay. mismanaging what he has. Like, the talent he does have, he doesn't play them appropriately. Okay, like uh, Nerlens Noel should be playing thirty something minutes. If you're gonna if you're gonna stink, let the guy get minutes and play. How can you develop if you're going to cap his minutes or or bring him off the bench? He's not a like a, 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 a like a rotational six man who's going to come on be Jason Terry and energize your defense. He plays defense and rebounding and, and is there for putback dunks and you know s- some some post stuff there. If you don't use your point guard in order to help develop what whatever rep- limited repertoire he does have, how's he going to grow? He's supposed to grow getting less minutes that's asinine to me so i just don't get it overall i you know and the the other thing too is like uh, i mean robert covington i know he's been a little bit of a turnover machine he did come up with six turnovers so i understand that fact but you know what he is he's your best second best scoring option maybe uh, you know maybe you can call him third beside uh, isaiah cannon but he deserves to be playing 30 plus minutes why don't you just play your best players the most minutes okay if you're expecting hollis thompson to score 16 points every time good luck to you thank you very much okay i just don't I, i don't I don't get it overall. I understand the Nick Skauskas experience sort of bombed and failed, but you know what he did? He was okay off the bench in Sacramento just as like a spot-up shooter. Maybe I know you wanted him to be the two and score, and he failed miserably at it. Maybe he's not ready for that, but you know what? I would rather see him play more than three minutes per game. So I just hate the rotation overall. The only person who he's figured it out with is Jaleel Okafor, and that's the only person you can like legitimately own and feel good about on the Sixers team. Should be fired. They should clean complete house here. They they have no clue what's going on. I I, I you know people always want to give them credit for you know being like the sabermetric version of the you know of, of like baseball teams in the NBA. They're one in twenty seven or one in twenty eight or whatever. They're terrible. They're they're doing as bad a job as you can possibly do. So and you know what they actually had they had t- they had guys on their roster. This was supposed to be a 30 minutes, 30 second conversation, so I'm going to end it here, okay? <laughs> Guys like um, T Rob and Jason Thompson would have been like one of the best players on their team, and then they like traded him away before they could play, and then they just decided that T Rob was at best a 13 minute per game guy. T Rob was like a number four pick. He should be like, he. Like, at least offensively, he would be a much bigger upgrade over Nerlens Noel if you're going to figure out a reason to play to bring Nerlens Noel off the bench. And then they just like meaninglessly shipped him out. So I hate what they've done. They deserve every loss that they get. And until they figure out how to do something different with their coach and their GM, they're going to suffer. It goes without saying that the Grizzlies won last night's game, 104-90, to bringing the 76ers record to 1-29. One in twenty nine, one in twelve at Sorry, home. Sorry, I, I shorted them a loss. They should be. Can we just call it one in set eighty one? Let's call it that. <laughs> we might as well. It, it's um, 
It's in all honesty, it's one of the most fun things to discuss because it, it's quite a peculiar situation, and and maybe it's really super interesting because in terms of an NBA market, Philadelphia is the fourth biggest in the nation, and so maybe you can understand if a Sacramento is doing this or Memphis or maybe even Orlando or something like that. But this is a major market, and it seems like they're missing out on marketing dollars. Let's look at the Memphis Grizzlies, though. Zach Randolph has been coming off the bench. He sees 25 minutes. He gets 14 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal. I'm not ready to say that Zach Randolph is is nearing retirement because I think he still has a lot to offer teams over the next even three or four years off the bench. Intense, um, you know, if KG can play right now and and do and do what he's doing. Zach Randolph can be a coaching, a mentor guy to give you some tough, you know, 10 to 15 minutes per night. So I'm not ready to write him off. But is it the right, correct move right now this year, Josh, to have him coming off the bench where you're starting Marcus Saul and then Jeff Green is essentially playing small forward or power forward, excuse me. Yeah, uh, I, you know, I'm still like Jeff Green's making me look bad. So this is getting a little bit annoying here because I've been calling for him to sort of, you know, get the minutes and the playing time. And, uh, you know, maybe this is like uh, like a little bit of a um, anomaly here because, you know, Memphis had this game pretty well in hand. They led every quarter with the exception of the second quarter where, you know, Philly scored two more points. Than, but, you know, they, they basically, you know, with a 10 plus plus lead. Put, put him in cruise control in hand. So I don't understand why Jeff Green only played 18 minutes. Maybe this is like, okay, we're going to toss Zebo a bone because he's been doing us a solid and playing the, the, the fewer minutes role. But, you know, like if if Memphis is going to figure it out and have like any chance to make any noise or if they want to be a one-and-done or two-and-done team like they've been every you know season they've made the playoffs, um, they're going to have to figure out how to jump to start their offense. And it's not going to be with you know, like uh, Courtney Lee taking 12 shots, although he was 6 of 12, you know. Jeff Green, to me, has the most offensive upside on that team, even more than Marcus Gasol. Marcus is a great center. You know, he's a, he's an all-star center. But you know what he's not going to be? He's not going to be a 30-point-per-game guy. If Jeff Green would have developed his game and they would feature him on offense, Jeff Green could be, like, a 20-point-per-game score, in my mind. They just have to sort of push him into that role. And as long as they continue to play Mario Chalmers 22 minutes and Vince Carter 16 and you know um you know Tony Tony Allen with his vaunted defense 16 minutes per game I, I they're another team to me that just like they get it on the defensive end they don't get it on the offensive end I've fallen down that same rabbit hole with Jeff Green before Josh too um the fact is like I don't know he just he just hasn't quite lived up to what he thought he was going to be over the course of his career once he was traded or I forget if he was traded or what happened once he was moved to Memphis from Boston I was like yes this is exactly what Memphis needs they need to score because their defense is so good they just need somebody to go out there and straight up score buckets it has not happened it has not been the relationship that they were hoping for you can arguably say that's part of the reason why they haven't been able to get over the hump in part because Jeff Green has hasn't been what we all thought he could be or should be. But uh, but now you're looking at a team that maybe needs to blow it all up. Um, you know, you can deal Conley. You, you already re-up Marcus Gasol. There's been talk about reuniting the Gasol, or not reuniting, um, maybe reuniting back when they were kids, but reuniting the Gasol brothers, um, salary dump. There's different things you can do. I think that Memphis is now a team in transition, even though they could still make the playoffs this year. Let's keep it moving, though, Josh. Arguably one of the best games last night, or easily the top build game. Detroit Pistons take down the Miami Heat, ninety three to ninety two. Pistons go to seventeen and twelve, whereas the Heat are sixteen in eleven. We were really curious, more so than anything else, about this matchup with Andre Drummond. He finishes with thirty four minutes, eleven points, twelve rebounds, um, and then of course. Hassan Whiteside, who finished with 16 points, six rebounds. So it seemed like Whiteside got the better of Drummond first time they played. It was re- it was the reverse of that. Um, what do you think of this of this matchup of the centers, and more importantly, which one did you go with last night in terms of daily? Because that was the big debate last night. Do you go with Drummond? Do you go with Whiteside? Or do you go with Gasol? So which of those three did you rock last night? You know what? I you know I fell into the trap of like saving so much salary with value plays. Did you go with Petulia? Did you go uh, with Petulia? No, I didn't go with Petulia. No, I went with Drummond because I I saved so so many dollars in other positions. Oh, like, I, I see. Sorry, sorry to know? jump the gun there. Yeah, so I should have went with Whiteside, but I was like, I can't leave like two K on the table, you know. So and which I actually probably should. Whiteside to me 
um, has been playing a little bit better than Drummond as a late, but Drummond had to come off that monster game also as well. And uh, I believe, uh, well, the, oh yeah, this was, was Miami overtime. So, yeah. Yeah. You know what? Um, yeah, that's true. That was an overtime game as well. But you know what? Like in tiebreakers like this, what you should do is probably lean towards the home team. And I didn't do that. So I'm a little bit disappointed in myself. I was fell into the trap of like on a four game slate, you really shouldn't care how much salary you leave on the table as long as you feel like you've created the, the optimal lineup. I know that and I didn't take my own advice. So that's the mistake I made for DFS purposes. One of the yeah, one of the biggest mistakes people think is that you need to spend every dollar you have and you don't no, you, you just, do you don't need to do that. And especially on slates like last night, you can leave a thousand dollars on the table. That is perfectly fine. It's the way it was set up last night, I should have done the same thing too, Josh, is where I was trying to, you know, get as close as you can. Just because you spend every dollar of of that salary cap on DraftKings or whatever site you're using doesn't mean that that you're actually going to have the most optimal lineup and so that's the biggest trap that people fall into and last night is the perfect example of that it's a trap yeah yeah, exactly so yeah we fell into it when we're going to live and learn so yes or no josh is the are the miami heat better um without goran dragic on their team should they consider dealing him no they don't need to deal him i mean like well because with the miami heat's roster once you get you need to think playoffs if they're them okay and they're going to be somewhere in the middle of the pack like three four five six seed whatever okay so you need all hands on deck when it comes to the playoffs and he is a guy who can be a 25 point scorer or let's say that yeah, Miami Heat's roster is constructed uniquely where they have Whiteside, Bosch, and Dwayne Wade, who all can be 20-point scorers, along with Drogic, who's sort of taking one for the team just a little bit and playing second fiddle. If any one of those three goes down, you actually may not lose much at all in terms of offensive ability because you have Drogic on your roster. So, you, you know, I mean, like for starters purposes right now, maybe it would be better for them to, to like acquire a Ty Lawson and, and have a... You know, more pass first guy it probably would fit for them better for them offensively. But you know, being that you know that Bosch went out for the season last year, that Dwayne Wade is you know collecting Social Security, and uh, Hawaiian, Hassan Whiteside for, sort of faded you know because of fatigue and you know um, the heavy workload that he had through the first half of the season, which he was never used to. I think it makes sense to keep Dragic on the roster, even though he is un- grossly underperformed that contract and grossly underperformed for fantasy. Yeah, sorry, I did a poor job of setting that up. You did a great job of answering Josh. Drogic did not play last night. Bino Udri did. He played er, and, and got 14 minutes, 6 assists, and 34 minutes of action. The reason why I bring that up in general, not just because Drogic didn't play last night, more so because of that contract, which is $90 million over the next five years. Looking at his averages so far this season, 11 points, the three rebounds, five assists. And so in terms of the contract, you're not quite getting it back. But like Josh said, maybe there's some reason to just let it play out a little longer. We are only a quarter, a third of the way through the season. Miami, in all honesty, is still one of the better teams in the East. Looking at another game last night in the association on the west side of things, Dallas Mavericks lose 99-103 to to the Toronto Raptors, bringing the Raptors' uh, record to 18-12, and Mavericks at 15-13. and most notably from the box score, I would say you have DeRozan going for 28, whereas Kyle Lowry, 17 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists. That backcourt just continues to do great things. The question that I have with uh, Jonas Valanciunas still out with, is Bismack Biombo. Sometimes, sometimes he's a great play. As as he was last night, nine points, twenty rebounds, two assists, and and two blocks. He probably won some people some money if you decided to not go Gasol, Whiteside, um, or or or, um, or Drummond, which I can't believe anybody did. But if if, if you decided to do that, save some money somewhere else. Bismack Biombo, great play in season long leagues. Though, have you been picking him up anywhere? Have you been holding on to him? Is maybe the the, the fair question. No, um, because like every league that I play in, free throw percentage is a is a, a category, and he's terrible at it, and he doesn't offer any scoring upside. So um, I let somebody else go ahead and grab him, but it actually probably doesn't hurt you as much as you would think at the free throw line since he doesn't get a lot of attempts. 67%. Yeah, so not not. And he's terrible. only going, yeah, t- uh, two and a half times per game. Not terrible, not bad. A lot of people who are like JV owners already ran to the wire and outbid me, and I didn't want to – spend a ton of fab for a you know a three to six week fill-in is, is what it amounts to with no scoring upside 
So, but having said that, like if you were a person who was in need of rebounds or lost JV or you know could have used uh, an impact um, big at the center position for blocks, makes a lot of sense, and I think everybody who did so did just fine. So over his last five games, Biombo is averaging 34 minutes on the court, seven points, but get this, 16 rebounds and two and a half blocks. So obviously there is some value there, especially if you're in need. Um, And like Josh said, free throw percentage hasn't been ideal, but he's not going there enough where he quite hurts you, as opposed to a Drummond or DeAndre Jordan who will absolutely um, destroy destroy those percentages. Uh, My buddy was texting me, and we're in a couple leagues together. Josh, I want to get your take on this. Um, he is considering a trade where he would trade away Chandler Parsons and he would receive Jeff Teague. Now, without knowing anything other than it's a head-to-head, nine-category league, what do you think about that trade? Redraft? Redraft, and you would have Chandler Parsons higher than he probably was drafted? Um. Uh, for for value, I take Jeff Teague. I'm always the one like I'm I'm a point guard hoarder whenever it comes to to fantasy because they're to me they're they're cash money currency. Any league that I've ever played in for season long fantasy, you can take a point guard and get what you need off of somebody's roster. So like if you know even if it be, creates like a you know a a sort of position of depth or even you know, like you know you're like oh now I have a little bit of a hole at small forward or I'm thin at small forward. You can fix it, and you can probably fix it by flipping Teague for somebody better than Chandler Parsons. The other thing, too, is about Chandler Parsons, um, he doesn't look completely healthy. He's been back on the court for a while. They still haven't completely ramped up the minutes completely, so I don't like the whole rest situation. So I think somebody's taking on a ton of risk on the other side. I would, I would snap on that and, and just say, thank you very much, um, you know, and hope he doesn't change his mind somewhere along the process before it gets processed. Yeah, my, my only concern is that Parsons is, is- – trending upward and in a head-to-head league where you have a tournament at the end of the year as long as this guy feels like he's in contention for the playoffs which he is he you know he can take a little more of a risk taking a guy like maybe like Brandon Jennings is a good example of this Wes Matthews is someone we've talked about Chandler Parsons where they start out the season essentially on the bench uh Tony Roten could be another guy where you know by the end of the season when the playoffs come and when it matters you never know you know if they could be end up being a top 75 player a second half player or something like that so that would be my only hesitation um but you're right assists are hard to come by point guards are are cash money um they're like bonds they're just like bonds and so um yeah yeah it's it's definitely an interesting trade i know i know the the most fun trades to talk about are the ones where it's different positions because it's hard to in all honesty stack up value of of parsons at small forward versus teague um but according to josh he would take in a second so i'll have to shoot my friend a text and tell him um and tell him what went down on this pod that's right Exactly. Last game of the night, Los Angeles Lakers come away with a rare win, 111-107 to over the Denver Nuggets. Kobe Bryant goes off for 31 points, only on 22 attempts, so not terribly bad. He was 10-22 from the floor, 2-9 from beyond the arc, 9-11 of 11 from free, th- free throws, uh, 3 rebounds, 5 assists, a steal, a block. So he was... Your bona fide champion last night in DFS, considering that he still doesn't have that major price tag value. Have we talked about Kobe? Me and you, Josh. I know. I know. Me and Nick have talked about it quite a bit. I, I've I've kind of labored the the opinion or, or labored the point. But um, what are your take on what's your take on Kobe? Is he going to finish out the season? I don't know, but you know, for for me, I don't want the I don't want to bother with the risk of it. You know, we know he's old. He's been playing well. I think he's motivated to finish out the season. But like when injuries and things like stuff like this happen, you don't get a choice in any of that stuff. That just that's just stuff that just happened to you. And he hasn't been able to stay healthy uh, as well. And you know you you also have to be concerned about the fact that you know Cupjack and Scott have talked about sort of paring down his minutes toward the end of the season. And so you know the Lakers are are at five and twenty three already have an eye towards the future, and that means they have to at some point start evaluating their guys more than they have been. You know instead of holding the, the Kobe farewell to her. It does them no good. Which, I mean, but on the flip side of that, signing Meta World Peace also did them no good. You know, unless you feel like he's a veteran presence in the NBA. I'm telling you what, there's no joke. I actually had a literal conversation with Meta World Peace face to face at my current job. Okay, and he was saying, you know what? He was, this was back when like Dan Tony was was the coach and calling plays. He was like, yeah, you know what? Coach during timeout, he calls plays. You know, gets in the huddle, whatever. We just go out in there and court and do whatever we want anyway. 
Well, that's the case with a lot of NBA teams, I would yeah. say, though. Yeah, exactly. But so if you were going to sign him for a veteran presence, that's the guy? <laughs> yeah, you you're, s- right. you're definitely right about that. That's for sure. So, uh, I mean, uh, long story short, they've got some people that need to evaluate. D'Angelo Russell, good or bad, needs more minutes. So does Julius Randle, you know, and, you know, and I, I, I don't know, I have – feel two ways about the Larry Nance Jr. experience, but if you want to experience that some more and they seem like they do, then it should probably come at the expense of Kobe, good or, good or bad. Having said that, won't touch him in season long, and you know maybe you can make a case for him on DFS and shorter slates, but I just don't trust the Mamba enough to really... I've never rolled him in DFS once so far this season, and I don't. I probably expect that to continue. I'm going to need like a two-game slate or something for me to think about it. Are you wrapping presents back there? No, I was actually folding a post-it. Sorry. I, I, I was like, I don't need this Hey, post-it. tis the season. If you need to wrap some presents during this pod, you get it done, my man. Um, so uh, real quick, I, we, we can jump into the Denver Nuggets box score, but what I would rather do is ask you, who is the biggest fantasy surprise this season? Is it Rajon Rondo? Is it CJ McCollum? Or is it Will Barton? Will Barton, hands down. Okay. Okay. Barton is no, was on, let's be honest, no one's radar exactly right now. He wasn't even the projected starter. Gary Harris was. Gary Harris still is. He's just played himself into a, a significant role because it's become very apparent that he's the best player on the team. So, Rajon Rondo, people are like, whoa, whoa, oh, over be- Danilo? Yeah, it's, he, he, oh, yeah, definitely over Danilo. Have you seen these, these lines he's putting up? He's like putting up like 32 and 10. You know, and Danilo's a great scorer, but he can't he, he he can't play both ends of the floor the way that that Barton has, and and Danilo can't put it on the floor the same way that Will Barton can. Barton Barton will mash on somebody, and it, then it's a poster. You know, Danilo Gallinari, he's like, oh, sixteen foot jumper. Okay, you know, like that's that's he's not really going to the hole much. Uh, don't get me wrong, Gallinari is a talented player, but he's he's officially not the best player on the team anymore. That's it's Will Barton. Fair enough. Uh, I will agree with you that he is the biggest surprise. Rondo, um, I think obviously we're somewhat surprised just because he, you know, kind of flailed out in in uh, Dallas last season. Um, but you know, when I when I took him in a lot of drafts, and I did, and I'm very fortunate to do that. I took the I, I took the chance on him. It wasn't like the whole room was like, oh, that's a terrible pick, and then it turned out to be a good one. I was like, oh man, he might win you the league this year if, if he pans out. McCollum, I'm personally surprised about. I thought it was going to be the Lillard show. Hasn't been the case. It's been the Portland backcourt show. Um, Barden has been the biggest surprise. One more follow up question on Barden: If he continues these numbers, and let me pull him up real quick, um, and then I'll have you answer this question. If he continues the string right now for the rest of the season, let's say he doesn't get hurt, everything just keeps going, maybe even moves into the starting lineup and sees a little more minutes. Right now he's averaging, uh, I don't want to do his season averages. Let me do, um, since November 27th, 13 games, he's averaging 18 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, a steal, along with an 84 percentage from the free throw line, 44% from the field, which is right about league average, and then 2.2 three-pointers made. If he continues that string for the rest of the season, where is he drafted next year in season-long leagues? Does he make the top three rounds? Uh, he's going to be on the edge of that. I was going to say top 50, top 40 I'm, I'm actually even comfortable with. But when you have, to me, like, all right, Think about this, okay? Do you know what he reminds me of right now? Like Jimmy Butler, year two. Paul George, year two. You're like, wow, major step up in talent and um, you know production. We're just only going to see it continue because he's so young, and you know this could be just the cups, cusp of him becoming a dominant uh, player on both ends of the floor. And I think he actually has that sort of Jimmy Butler, Paul George swag, but it could like to get fully up to that, it's probably two years out. So put him in the top 40 maybe. Um, which, depending on how you slice it, could be the back end of the third round, you know. So maybe I am saying third round, um, but yeah, I'm going to probably go, I'm going to try to go out of my way to get Will Barton next year, and you know, and by the way, under 70k DFS autoplay. Yep, most definitely until his price rises. Get it, Russell. Woo! Watching the game last night, Russell <laughs> just hit that cut three. Let's go, let's go, boys. Thunder up, baby. <laughs> You sound like you know you're so funny because like it's a recorded game, by the way, and you're. <laughs> can I? I can get excited however I want to get excited. Oh, Blake, nice dunk there, son. Nice dunk. <laughs> Kudos to you. Clippers are up ninety-seven to ninety-six. There's thirty-seven point eight on the clock. 
I think I know we what happens. Call a game. We should call a game together. You know, K Train was talking about bringing me out there, um, for, like you know, just to fly out for a couple days in the office if it like became possible, and sometime in the next year, we're gonna go to a Bucks game, and then we're just gonna call the game in our seats. In the yeah, no, we're, no, we're gonna get press passes and everything, dude. <laughs> I, you know, I did that. I did that in college. I worked for the great WSUM. Did a little work for Big Ten Network. Even though I have a, you know, a high squeaky voice, they still let me do it. It was a, it was a fantastic time. I, I enjoyed it. So I'd be on board for that. Yeah, play by play. You know, Josh Hayes on the color. It doesn't get any better than that. You have to have a catchphrase. And so, you know, like Oklahoma State, when they score a touchdown, it's pistols firing. Oklahoma State scores a touchdown or something like that. So I needed I needed something. And the great Matt LePay for Wisconsin says, touchdown, Wisconsin, something like that. And I was like, what can I do that's different? I know, put one up for Bucky. I thought it was pretty good. Every time they score a touchdown, put one up for Bucky. Melvin Gordon goes in for the touchdown. You know, Frank Kaminsky nails a three, does a jam. I, I liked it. I thought it was a good one. It's a shame that my uh, announcing career is, is probably done and over as, as soon as it began. It's not. We're going to bring it back here. We're going to bring it back. What should I we're do for the start Bucks? offering play-by-play services in rotowire.com. Put so. one up for the Greek freak. That's what I, Yeah, you know what I mean? He was like, uh, attend to Kupo. No, don't shoot that. <laughs> That'll be my catchphrase. Yeah. Um, all right. I, I guess it was supposed to be positive. I forgot about that part. Yeah. Hey, I'll be the first announcer to ever have a negative catchphrase. Jason yeah. Kidd with another dumb substitution. Jason, you got to be kidding me with John Henson playing <laughs> eight minutes. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. Um, there's no good way to transition into this, so let's just talk about our good friends, DraftKings. Of course, we're always partnered with them, but we've especially partnered with them for the end of the football season. Um, so the final four weeks of the season, um, we've been doing this Rotowire Championship, and so right now um, you can get in to qualify for the championship. Um, the week, I guess it would be 16 qualifiers now live. It's just five dollars to enter. The winner would take home a hundred dollars and a seat in the week 17 championship. We've been tweeting about it um, for the last few weeks on the main Rotowire Twitter account. So if you want more information, go head over to the Rotowire Twitter account. Uh, join in on the fun now. You can also sign up at rotowire.com forward slash DraftKings. So that's one more time, rotowire.com forward slash DraftKings. Josh, we're going to close up shop here with um, an overview of today's DraftKings content. Um what we're going to do is we're going to go through each position. I'm going to pick one player that I think I will be using in my lineups tonight, in the majority of my lineups. And you uh, are going to play devil's advocate. Or not devil's advocate. You're just going to you know, play the devil and say, do not pick one option here um, from, from the list of, of players. So ready to go? Yeah, I'm going to be Patrick Ewan. Just like fade away, baby. Don't play this guy. Boom. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so... Uh, let's take a look. Of course, we have a lot of games in the association. I'm not even going to run through them all. Um, you can go check them out. I'm going to go with Jarrett Jack at $6,500 now. Obviously, it's not a, a fantastic pick, but he's $6,500 on such a big slate. It's guys like Jarrett Jack at $6,500. You're going to get your value with people who are in the $6,000 to $7,000 range. If you fill out your DraftKings lineup with those guys and you have them hit, it's those people who are going to be winning the tournaments for you. And so Jarrett Jack, um, my computer just died on me. And so unfortunately, I cannot pull up his splits. So Josh, if you want to, oh, rather, I got it. Um, nope, computer just died again. So go for it, Josh. Who do you think that we should not play tonight on the point guard slate? Well, Jared Jack's been actually pretty rough here, so I don't mean to like stomp on you here, but like he's actually um, just like came up with 15 and 21 fantasy points in the past two contests. So that's not my pick, by the way. Um, but I understand it's attacking Dallas. I believe uh, what Darren Williams is banged up. If I'm not, if I'm, I am correct. I don't know if Darren Williams is back in the lineup as of yet. I believe he is questionable with a hamstring. Uh, is the latest news. So we'll have to keep tabs on that. But for me, I'm gonna just quickly mention two guys. First of all, it's not time for Kyrie Irving yet. I know it's a 
plus matchup against the Knicks, and everybody wants to play against Jose Calderon. Only playing 17 minutes, he's still working his way back in the lineup, and still way too expensive at 7,700. So there's that. But my true don't play here also is Tim Frazier. A lot of people are on him earlier in the day. If you're not up on the latest news, Tim Frazier um, is not starting this week. I believe it's going to be Alan Crabb paired with CJ McCollum. So, um, I mean, Tim Frazier can still have some value and still might play, but I don't think he's going to play, you know, 50 minutes like he did in, in, in his last contest overall. So don't think that he's going to be a, a supreme value. He might still hit the price tag, you know, which is very cheap at 3800 But, um, you, you know, as long as you know, he was much more attractive and you know he was at least the starter and had a good floor of 30 minutes. Now you don't know if it's going to be 20 or 40. So going to be tough to say, and you might as well stay away. All right. So defend, to defend Jack, since my computer is back up and running, Again, the $6,500 is what I'm praying on. I always pray in that $6,000 range because I want to stuff. I don't want to have stars and scrubs. I want to fill it all with, with medium guys who can break out. So last two games, Jack had 17 uh, DraftKings points and 23. But the four games before that, he had 56, 44, 31, and 42. And so if you're looking at that, you've got that buffer where people are thinking, oh, he's not playing that well recently, but he still is and can jump out and have that big game against a Dallas front court or a backcourt rather that with Darren Williams, Raymond Felton, J.J. Beret, and Devin Harris, I'm never been, I've never been afraid of. And so that would be my pick. We'll go ahead and move on to shooting guard. Tyreek Evans has interested me, but the $7,700, I'm not sure that I'm going to pony up for that, even though he could be going up against Crabb and McCollum, who aren't really that great. Um, I'm going to go with McCollum. You mentioned him. He's just ahead of Will Barton at $6,800, whereas McCollum is $69. Um, the fact that Crabb is starting and you don't have Lillard to take all the shot attempts, McCollum and, and Lillard have been combining for more than half of Portland's shot attempts this season. And so if you only have one of them on the court, I think we're going to hit a dangerous amount of shot attempts for McCollum. And of course, it's $6,900. It's right in that $6,000 range that I, loved, that I love so much. Not to mention his two games against New Orleans. He's averaging 41 DraftKings points so far. All right, I can get on board with that. I think that's a fine play. For me, uh, in the fade territory for the shooting guard position, I'm actually going to stay away from Rodney Hood, who's you could make a case for. He's cheap. He's only 4600 on DraftKings. He's uh, getting the minutes there, uh, You know, playing 26, 28 minutes in the past couple contests. Uh, as well, plus matchup, top total on the board against the Golden State Warriors. But the Golden State Warriors are very good defensively overall at almost every position, with you know, with the exception of whether or not they're still starting Brandon Rush instead of Harrison Barnes. I don't know if Harrison, Harrison Barnes is exactly back yet. Do you know if Barnes is back, by the way? Man, my computer is just flailing out at the end of this podcast, so I can't help you there. Um, right, unfortunately, enough. my frozen screen does not have Barnes's information on it. Okay, that's no problem. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, only thing I will say here is, you know, Rodney Hood has actually paid off six times his fancy value with 26 and 28 fancy points in the past two contests. Those are against very bad teams, against Phoenix and Denver, who do play paced up. I think Phoenix is fourth in pace. Golden State is first in pace, but if you take a look at the last game he played on November 30th against Golden State Warriors, just 17.5 fancy points, 12 points three assists that's not good enough that's not enough for you to really get value or get done even at a uh you know depressed price tag uh with rod with rodney hood so stay away from that guy you don't really want to be on the other side of uh of the onslaught that is the golden state warriors fair enough moving over to small forward nick batum yes sir i know he's going up against a tough matchup against boston he did already play him once and Batum was still able to get 33 DraftKings points, which in its own right, that's pretty good. For a guy that's $7,400, you're going to want a little bit more than that. I think Batum is, is perfectly capable of doing that. He's one of the most underrated players in the entire league this year, um, and he can get you that 50-point DraftKings performance that we're looking for and we covet. And at $7,400, you know, um, you're not taking quite the risk that you would be on some of the bigger guys. Um, with Paul George, you know, he was stymied by Kawhi Leonard, um, and so he, obviously Paul George can do great things for you, but he's prone to uh, an off night. Durant and James, they have such high floors. But Batum at $7,400, I think the price and the fact that he can break out and he does have a nice floor. He has about a 30 DraftKings floor um, on most nights. Um, I'm looking at him at small forward. Obviously, that means I need to pay down into the $5,000 range somewhere down the line, and I'll go ahead and hit you with that um, after Josh gives you his do not play small forward option. 
Yeah, I'm actually fading Kevin Durant in this matchup, and you're like, fading Kevin Durant against the L.A. Lakers? Yes, actually, I am. If you take a look at the uh, two games ago on the 19th when he played the L.A., they blew them out by 40. KD only played 29 minutes, and if you know anything about KD, and I know you know this intimately as an OKC fan, anytime they're up big, he wants to be on the bench. Okay, he just want he just not the type of guy who wants to play forty minutes in games that are fourth quarters. He wants to get the rest, get the rest, you know, have the starters sit down, protect them from injury, and let the bench do their job and hold the lead. I've actually actually I know you, I'm for sure that you've seen this too. Like in games where they were up twenty, where the bench gave the lead back in single digits, and the starters had to come back at the game. He actually lights his teammates up in the huddle for not doing their job and forcing them back into the lineup there. And this is a classic case situation here. Again, in the LA Lakers who have no business being anywhere close to this game. 14-point spread. I don't really feel confident about KD playing more than 30 minutes. And that's not something you really want when you're going to pay 10K like you like he is today, um, 10K even, on, on DraftKings. All right. Fair enough, Josh. Um, man, I, I sincerely apologize for my computer. Why don't you go ahead and give us our power forward do not play, and then I'll hit you hopefully with a, a power forward play here. I'll give you both if you need to. So, so just, you know, just go for um, it. I'm, I'm locked and loaded with my center, and le- like I promised, it'll be a nice cheap option. So go ahead and, and, and power home, power forward for me. Okay, two options I like today is actually my pick on 120 Sports was Anthony Davis. I love him. The, 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 the Portland front line is one that doesn't scare anyone overall. He's projected uh, the top projected player on Rotowire today. I actually think he's going to hit 50 points uh, with upside there. Um, and you take a look at the last two games. I think he went for... Uh, 29 and 10 and tw- um, and 28 and 9 in those past two games and those both those games against Portland were on the road. Now he's at home, has a, has a Tyreek Evans uh, in full force there uh, overall. And like like I said, nobody's scared of like Miles Leonard or or, or um, you know Plumlee or Ed Davis at the at the center position. So he should just absolutely feast. 50 burger on the way for Brow today. And the other guy I obviously like here is Draymond Green as well. You know, the, like we've I don't know if I mentioned this on to you on this show, but uh, sixth in the nba in assist as the power forward which is insane uh so not among forwards or in the western conference or anything that he's in the in the list in the entire nba with these like point guard point guard point guard then there's draymond green right there in the middle in the well inside the top 10 so they're running a lot of offense with him he's an absolute triple double threat and you know this um the the power forward position there uh as well if it's going to be whoever it is booker trey lyles whatever version of um some bad power forward that's going to get mopped up by by Raymond Green. You're going to love that. Um, the price keeps rising, but he keeps paying it off at 9200. Now, on the other side of that, if you're taking a look at a guy that I'm I'm probably not going to be using here, um, it's going to be Zebo overall. You know, he's 5900. But if you take a look at this him since he's been moved off to the bench, the price tag payoff. He has only hit five times value once, and that was in that exact game in the in the against the Philadelphia 76ers here in the last. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven contests. So has paid um, under four x value six out of the seven times, and the one time he went above four times value was only four point seven x. So it wasn't even five times value what you're hoping for. So don't you want no part of Zebo? Um, and he's not a guy. I mean, even the price is going to have to go down below five k for you to start being interested in overall because he's he's barely hitting twenty fancy points. Um, in in some of these matchups, it's twenty five, then fourteen, then twenty nine, then seventeen, then eight. So it's completely inconsistent. GPP only, and not a good GPP play at that. All right, so Josh, what I figured out is, you know, I don't know why I was so hard on my computer. I mean, I think my computer is just already on winter break. It's on holiday break. <laughs> so shame on me for for chastising it. How about at center? I promised that I would give you a $5,000 option because I plan on paying up for Batum. How about Zaza Pachulia? Now, I know I made fun of Josh um, for, for fake playing him last night, but you know what? Zaza is actually in the top, I believe, four for double-doubles obtained this season. Uh, $5,700 going up against Brooklyn, so you like that matchup a lot. And I'm looking at the front courts he's played recently, and honestly, the worst front court he's played um, since this Brooklyn one was against Portland and in that game against Portland he obtained 46 DraftKings points so at $5,700 with a guy that can get up to that mid 40 DraftKings point range that's really good value especially if you're trying to pay up for Batum I really don't advise 
I don't know, Josh, on, on such a big slate like this, do you agree with me that you try to stuff your team with those middle price guys and then you don't actually try to reach up? Or are you more of a stars and scrubs because there are so many valuable scrubs um, on such a bigger slate? What, what's your overall, if you want to give me your, your go or don't go to center, you can, and then maybe we can just finish this thing off with just a little strategy based on slate. Okay, yeah, for me, um, my do not go to guy here uh, in this matchup is um, is actually going to be uh, Jordan Hill against Sacramento. He's 5K. He's super cheap um, there overall. But this is going to be a game where I think for the first time you're going to see him struggle just a little bit. And he's had a good stretch of games overall, and he has been cheap. But he's going to be playing stretch four all day long against Rudy Gay and Omri Caspery, and that's just a bad skill set for him overall. I think he can still get the rebounding upside, but I don't like him to hit double-digit scoring like he has in, in, uh, th- in three out of the past four. So that's a guy that gives me a little bit of, of pause. You know, and to me, like you could either two things are going to happen in Jordan Hill. Either they're going to take Mahimi off the floor and make him play the five, which means he gets matched up against Cousins, which is a nightmare for him, or the more he gets taken off the court because he's playing too much stretch four and he's going to get beat off the dribble and not a great defender outside against the likes of Rudy Gay and uh, Amari Kasri, who sh- who will shoot the three. So they're going to have to do something differently. I don't expect, you know, um, Sacramento to match and say, yeah, we're going to go Kufus when they know that they have a better lineup together when they play small at the four with Rudy Gay and Caspi. So Jordan Hill could be a guy who gets his mints limited today. Yeah, I All will right. I will say that Jordan Hill is a, listed as a power forward on DraftKings, Josh. Just, uh, oh, is he? Yes, he is. I know on other, other websites he might be center. Um, and that's one of the things you have to be cognizant of. I know um, if you're playing elsewhere, there's the different rules, different designations. Uh, but, he's center but on in, Fandle, by yep, the way. So, yep. sorry. so just, just in general, um, Hill, that's, I mean, your, your logic is still sound where um, Hill has been pretty solid over the last four games, getting you to that 30 point. DraftKings benchmark, um, but not quite um, a, a good play for Josh. Now, in general, um, doesn't matter for DraftKings or whatever website you're playing on. What do you like to do for bigger slates? So obviously you're going to have better scrubs um, where you're, you're going to have more options down lower, but I, I tend to think that there are so many good options around the 6000 to $7,000 range on DraftKings that you need to fill your lineup with those guys, and then if you have a few of them hit, um, you have more of an opportunity to get 50-point scores, to get 40-point scores when you're stuffing them with those middle guys let's not even deal with scrubs let's not even try to pick which of the big guys are going to go off so that's what i do do you agree with that logic or what has worked for you in the past what um it sort of depends on me on what you're asking so like if you're talking about gpps then stars and scrubs is always going to be like a viable strategy especially when we have somebody like tim frazier you know in the in the last game for instance who steps into the starting lineup and, and could get big minutes or like jameer nelson has been a been a good example too, filling in for Emmanuel Moutier. All those guys are what you're looking for in order for you to pay up for as many of the stars you can get into your lineup as possible to increase your overall ceiling. So that's the general strategy there is to find as many value plays that you can trust in the GPP so you can try to score 300 points or, you know, build the best, you know, uh, overall lineup with upside. Now, if we're talking about cash here, there's what you can probably like I usually will just anchor with one or two guys who even giving their elevated price tag still, if I feel like are going to pay five X or better in the matchup. And then the rest of it, I'm looking at safe plays for guys who will meet their meet or exceed their price tag. You're looking for consistency like that. And, and like Draymond green is a good example as an elevated player who always hits five or six X, you know, he's been, you know, like we said, scoring at a big clip, big time assister, triple doubles there as well. There, you never have to worry about him, like throwing up like a 25-point fancy dud because he just doesn't do it. So that's what you want in your cash games as well. You want safety consistently. If you have somebody like, you know, Kelly Olenek who balls and goes, you know, bonkers one game and the next game he plays 16 minutes and scores six points with three rebounds, that's exactly what you don't want for cash games. So, you know, you're, you're looking for safety and consistency in cash and building, uh, finding as many sensible value plays as possible in GPPs to build the overall ceiling um, at a higher uh, point for you in your GPPs. 
thorough breakdown, Josh. I, I agree that on you know 50-50s or, or something where you're trying to double up, um, you do need to insulate your lineup with those reliable guys. And Kelly Olynyk is the perfect example of someone who is not reliable. Really, everyone in the Boston front court is not reliable. And in general, really, the whole Boston team is unreliable because Brad Stevens has more of a team aspect than uh, this guy is going to get me um, a win tonight. So uh, good breakdown on that, Josh. We're going to close up shop. But before I do that, I want to make sure everyone knows that this is the last podcast until next week. Josh and Benny will be back on Monday, but otherwise we will not have a Christmas Eve. We will not have a Christmas Day podcast. So because that is not going to happen, let's briefly, briefly take a look at the Christmas Day games. Just so everyone's aware, there is no, there are no games on Christmas Eve tomorrow, Thursday. Josh, obviously the Cavaliers-Warriors game is going to be the best game of the season. So let's toss that one out. I'm going to give you the other four games going on that day. You tell me one game you don't care about and one game that you're going to make sure you watch. And I'm okay. sure you're going to watch them all. We've got Pelicans Heat leading it off. Then we have the Bulls Thunder. Then we have that Cavs Warriors game. We're throwing it out. Spurs Rockets, Clippers Lakers. So which of those four games are you most intrigued by? Uh, you know what? I don't care about his Clippers Lakers. Uh, you know, you have to be honest. With me. You know, the <laughs> Lakers are five and twenty-three. Nobody thinks that's going to be much of a game overall. If the Lakers make it a game. Great. Congratulations to them. San Antonio and Houston. I think San Antonio, like, as it's like another team that, what, what are they, 23 and 5, flying under the radar? They would be like the story they're of two, how. They're two wins behind the Warriors. I mean, within a span of a week, they could pass up the Warriors for, for the Western Conference number one seed. And who, who wants like black coffee five days a week? You know what I mean? That's <laughs> what they are. They're just like, show up, nine to five, punch your ticket, do their job, do a great job. But no one scores 40. No one has a like a, you know, six block game. No one's triple doubling, especially of Kawhi Leonard, like, you know, occasionally here and there. You know, everybody's a robot on that team. That's the problem with them. So and you know what? And I also have a problem with Kawhi Leonard, like refusing to cut the cornrows. That's what you know what I mean? That's, oh, come on, dude. something that's been long past. I mean, we, we got on Udonis Haslam. For that now, I think Haslam might be out of the league. I don't know if he's still on the Heat roster or not. No, I don't you think know? so. So I'm just saying, you know, think about that. Think about the time. Oh, whoa! Pull it back. Adonis Haslam is right behind Amari Stoudemire and Hassan Whiteside on the depth chart. He's still in the league. Alert! Haslam is still in the league. Those corners are that. in the league, and no one can confirm that. I don't think he's played a <laughs> single minute this season. So for all we know, it's like a cardboard cutout sitting next to Hassan Whiteside on, on the sidelines that looks like Hassan, like, like Udonis Haslam. So if UD can do it, Kawhi Leonard can do it. That's the main problem I have with him is like his refusal to acclimate to current hairstyles. He should have like a half-shaved mohawk right now and be, be a fancy badass, and he just wants to be one of the two. It's not enough for me. Hey, he's one Steph Curry injury away from winning the MVP, so you take it back, sir. Udonis Haslam, by the way, is averaging nine minutes on the court over his last six games for the Heat. So take that for what it's worth. More so maybe Whiteside is slowing down. Um, That's unconfirmed. Anyways, I'm, I'm most looking forward to uh, – you know what? I mean, <laughs> that Cavs-Warriors – I don't know if it's because the Cavs-Warriors game is so good or because these other games just didn't really pan out. You have the Pelicans that are, are way, way underperforming. The Bulls seem to be – the Bulls seem way worse than they actually are. So I think that the bulls Thunder game aesthetically – could be one of the better games on this slate. I mean, they're 15-11, and they're right in the thick of things, but you know, by the look of things over the last week from the media, you would think that they're you know, a lottery pick right now. So Bulls-Thunder, Spurs-Rockets, good games. Clippers-Lakers, we're going to do the Kobe show, blah, blah, blah. Clippers should win that one easily. Pelicans-Heat is really kind of a snooze fest, and it's a snooze fest because it's, um, <laughs> it'll be uh, 9, 9, 9 a.m., yeah, 9 a.m. for you guys out there on the West Coast. So uh, uh, wake up Christmas morning, open up some presents, and uh, watch D. Wade do some amazing things against the Pelicans. Josh, that's going to do it for us. Any, any holiday wishes for, for those out there? Uh, yeah, happy holidays to everybody. Merry Christmas, happy Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa, um, happy um, Flag Day. And I think it's actually Frozen Food Month in December as well. So for those of you who are, you know, grocery food store stalkers, uh, we salute you. Sure, I guess. Sounds good. (laughs) Have a safe and happy one, everyone out there. Like I said, Monday, Josh and Benny will be back. Otherwise, enjoy the holiday break.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.